This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the active practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert, witness, and author and producer of these videos. Today, it is time to speak about preparing a case for trial, which begins, of course, with selecting and working with counsel and retaining an attorney. In instances where insurance claims may entail litigation, insurers must move quickly to engage counsel. When an attorney is retained to defend a person insured, the facts should be documented in writing by the attorney, the adjuster, and the insured who is to be defended. Before the insurer retains an attorney to represent an insured to defend an insured who has been sued for a tort, the claims person should be certain that the lawyer is competent to defend the insured. This can be accomplished by attending a trial conducted by the lawyer where the claims person can evaluate the lawyer's competence at trial. Of course, most lawyers seldom go to trial since almost 90 to 95 percent of all litigated cases are resolved by settlement. Therefore, if that option is not available, the claims person should seek recommendations from other insurance claims professionals who have retained the lawyer in the past or the insurance company's list of approved defense lawyers who have been evaluated by the insurance company's management. If the attorney is being retained for the first time by the insurer, the insurer should obtain an engagement letter from the attorney setting forth the terms and conditions of the retention and signed by the attorney, the claims person, and the insured. If the attorney or law firm has an ongoing relationship with the insurer, only the person being defended needs sign an engagement letter. For example, the State Bar of California rules require that attorneys provide a contract to each client. The engagement letter should at least list the following details. 1. The effective date of the agreement. 2. The fees to be charged. The units by which fees are calculated, usually in six-minute increments or tenths of an hour and a representation as to how often the attorney will submit fee bills, usually monthly or quarterly. Three, a description of reasons for discharge and withdrawal or conclusion of services. Four, a disclaimer of guarantee. Five, it should also outline the scope of the engagement, that is, it will specify that counsel will review copies of contracts and insurance-related documents he or she has been provided with, review the files of the insurance broker and or the underwriting files of the insurer, attend, take, review, and analyze the depositions of the plaintiff and defendant, experts and factual witnesses, as well as any other de 
depositions agreed to be reasonably necessary, review any other files or documents that counsel the claims person and the insured defendant deem necessary. These might include those of plaintiffs and defendants as well as others like independent witnesses. Review all pleadings and discovery that he or she as well as the claims person and the defendant deem necessary to present a competent defense. Provide his or her opinion regularly as the case progresses and respond to inquiries from the claims person and the insured defendant promptly. Consult regularly with the insured defendant and the claims person on various issues related to the case. Prepare regular reports to the insured defendant and claims person. With the approval of the claims person, file necessary motions to the court including, if available, a motion for summary judgment. If appropriate, attend mediation or settlement conferences with the insured defendant and the claims person after providing the insured and the claims person with opinions on the settlement value of the case. And if all attempts at settlement fail, present evidence at trial and defend the insured through trial and any necessary appeals. At retention, the claims person should, in writing, instruct counsel on the following matters. The basic facts of the case learned in the initial investigation. A brief description of the documents collected by the adjuster. A statement of the date and time the summons and complaint were served on the insured a summary of the coverage and limits available to the insured, transcriptions of all recorded statements taken by the adjuster, the insurer's requirements regarding billing by counsel, the insurer's requirements regarding reporting from counsel concerning the litigation, the insurer's requirements concerning work to be done by counsel, partners, associates, and paralegals, and the insurer's requirements concerning limitations of discovery and motion practice based upon approval of the insurer. The adjuster should provide the attorney with as many original documents as possible and keep copies for his or her own files. The claims person must understand that all documents collected by the adjuster are important to the defense. This includes the service copy of the summons and complaint. The adjuster must advise the attorney of the exact date and time the complaint was served on the insured to ensure that a timely response is filed and prevent the entry of a default. In most states, a defendant has 30 days from the date the complaint is served to file a formal response, 20 days in most federal courts. Failure to formally respond to the complaint or obtain an extension of time to respond allows the plaintiff to declare the defendant in default and seek judgment as if the defendant had admitted all of the allegations of the complaint. 
Therefore, no adjuster should be reluctant to retain counsel. No adjuster should be slow in retaining counsel. Counsel needs as much time as is possible to meet with the insured and file an appropriate defense. Once a default has been entered, a judgment against the insured will follow unless good cause can be shown why the default should be set aside. Adjusters should make every effort to avoid putting an insured into such a difficult position by retaining counsel promptly. The insured also must make every effort to avoid putting his or her insurer into such a difficult position by reporting the suit immediately upon receipt. The insured must report service of a lawsuit with advice as to the time and place the summons was received and served and the person who received the summons and the reason for any delay in delivery. The defense attorney should also have available a specimen copy of the insurance policy, a complete copy of the claim file, and a copy of the insurer's policy, if any, with regard to billing and case handling, since many insurers now have standard contracts for their defense counsel, and defense counsel needs to have a copy of it before he or she agrees to take on the defense of an insured. If the insurer's billing and case handling policies are not available in written form, the initial retention letter should describe them or it should be attached as exhibit. The claims person must understand that an engagement letter is an effective contract between the lawyer and the insurer. Like an insurance policy, a lawyer's engagement letter will be read as written if there is no ambiguity. When the language of the engagement letter is clear and unambiguous, that the defendant agreed to pay the plaintiff 5% of the gross income received by defendant less any amounts clearly defined as reimbursements of your expenses, and defendant came forward with no evidence that any portion of the four installments totaling a million dollars that she received represented reimbursements for her expenses, the contract provided that the fee paid defendant was inclusive of any and all personal and or business expenses incurred by the defendant. This is a case called Krauss v. Kaufman, a 2013 decision of a New York appellate court. In a situation where there is no dispute that the parties entered into an enforceable fee agreement, the terms of which were set forth in the engagement letter, a court will enforce the agreement. When the defendant responded to requests for admission in which she acknowledged signing the engagement letter, receiving itemized invoices for services rendered under the engagement letter, and paying some of the fees and expenses charged by the lawyers, the fees must be paid. This is a case called Joachim versus Listati, 
a 2019 appellate court from Ohio held. The adjuster and the attorney should meet in person to reach an agreement that they will work as a team in handling the case through trial and that they are both in agreement with the terms and conditions of the lawyer's engagement letter. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 108, Second Edition, which is available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com, where more details are available from my website, Zalma.com, and by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library, which lists all of my books. If you found this video to be of use, please refer it to your colleagues and subscribe to my blog post or my YouTube channel so that you can be advised of more recent videos and blog posts since I post them almost every day. Thank you for your attention.